What up, family? Welcome to Passing Period and All of the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes. Of course, our full episodes are primarily video shows, and it takes a long time to cut up all that video and edit it and get it out there on our YouTube channel. So in between those full episodes, we like to drop these passing periods exclusively for the listeners. And Jeff, I think... I think we need to start this one. I would like to start this one um, with some apologies to my own school district because I know I've been very frustrated. I know I've been complaining a lot in the meetings and a little bit on social media about the lack of preparedness that I felt for the school year, which I think most teachers could relate to. But in seeing what some of my Sacramento peoples are going through, um, just following folks like Larry, the legend for Lazo online and, and some of my former colleagues online, it's just... It seems that their district is is a bit of a mess, and I think that's putting it mildly. And I just want to shout out everyone at my district that's been working really hard to try their best to, to get this school year started off with some stability and some clarity for sure. And Jeff, I think we need to look into what's going on in Sacramento this week. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds about right, uh, Manuel. And it's funny, it's funny you put it that way because I was... Uh, thinking about this as well, both of our former districts, you uh, having worked up in Sacramento, me in New York City, I feel like might be technically described as a bit of a hot mess uh, yeah. <laughs> at the moment. And, and, and I think both of us are feeling some gratitude for being, um, not that things are perfect, but at right. least being in, in current situations where like there's a plan and we're doing it. And even though there's challenges, least there's a plan, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, um, counting our blessings, even though we are, as we record right now, literally um, surrounded by an ominous cloud of smoke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least there's a plan. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. so yeah, <laughs> um, I agree, Noah. I think that's right. And uh, to help us explore uh, this conversation... We, uh, you know, it's passing period. You bump into people in the hallways, right? And yep. uh, we have bumped into someone who can give us a little bit of uh, particular insight into the goings-on uh, up in up in Sacramento. Uh, we have Mr. Uh, Damian Harmony, uh, who is a teacher, uh, union activist um, in Sacramento, and uh, it's going to help us kind of understand, like, what is going on uh, in our beloved state capital here um, and, uh, you know, how, how they're making sense of it up there. So welcome, uh, Damien to all the above. Thanks. Oh, hey fellas. How are we doing? Doing all right. Doing, I think <clears throat> slightly better than y'all because at least we have, yeah. like, uh, my district, we have a, a set schedule, MOU, everyone's on the same page, relatively speaking. Right. And, um, I get the sense that's not fully the case in Sacramento city unified. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because in some ways I dare say that we're actually better off this way because mm -hmm. we have a bit I'm not going to say a worker's paradise, but I would say much more input on what's going on, but it's also a lot less stable and we constantly have our superintendent chomping at our edges. So, yeah, up here in Sacramento, we do not have an MOU. Um I I put in more than 50 hours last week alone in negotiations with the negotiation team. And there were plenty of others who put in a lot more time uh, throughout the summer as well as during that week because I you know, wanted to play Star Wars with my kids a little. Uh, but it ended up where we, we don't have an MOU and uh, we tried to declare impasse and then the district tried to block that, which is the weirdest thing I'd ever seen uh, since uh, my mom 
told me I was always contradicting her. I was like, I can't answer that like either way, you know, but, uh, but that, when that, it comes to, you know, we're at an impasse and they're like, no, you're not. We're like, okay, now you're at an impasse over whether or not there's an impasse. This is clearly, so we brought in mediators and the mediators even said, yeah, y'all are at impasse. And that was at like 1130 at night last Friday, I want to say, although the days have blurred together because and students had already no started sun. showing up by then. Right. Like this is like after students yeah. have already, you know, quote unquote, started the school year. Yes. Yes. We had two days. We, we had, with all that effort, we had bargained and successfully got an MOU for the first four days of school. Wow. <laughs> 179 to go. Uh, so. And, and Damien, tell us, so <laughs> yeah. what was, what happened in the first four days of school as a result of that MOU? Yeah. The first four days was two days of very rushed um, trainings. Uh, and I don't want to um, poo-poo our trainings because those are our brothers and sisters in the union as well. But we all knew what a what a mess that would be. I mean, when you agree at five o'clock in the afternoon that there will be trainings for Tuesday and Wednesday, and then that school will start on Thursday and Friday, and there will be trainings surrounding the the school day of those. There's no way that you're going to have trainings that are actually worth their salt. Uh, and, and everybody kind of knew, and it was really unfortunate because these could have been really powerful trainings, um, stretched out over like several days prior or, you know, to, to what had happened. But instead they gave 25 page documents to all the local site principals and said, all right, figure it out. And so luckily we have a good relationship with our principals. So we reps went to them. And in addition to the 50 hours we just put in, we spent another couple hours on zoom with our admin team. And trying to help them figure out what was needed, what was acceptable, and what was, you know, essentially uh, triaging the trainings. And so we had two days of trainings that, again, I, I can't learn a thing in a, in a one-hour setting without actually practicing it and, and trying it out. Um, and then we had two days of truncated time with the kids, uh, which was wonderful to see the kids again. Like, that was, that was sunshine on the heart. But... Um, but then uh, we had trainings uh, around that, like before that and after that each day. Um, and then that night we went uh, in with the mediators until 11 p.m. And even the mediators were like, yeah, you guys are at impasse. So we're now at impasse. And the result is that the district sent out, first they sent out a schedule to all the parents. And then they sent out a second schedule to all the parents. And none of these schedules were, were good for the kids. And uh, they, they tried to impose their, their offer on the district, which is unlawful. And it's been proven unlawful because we've had a PERB complaint against them from April when they did the same thing, uh, which they then used, by the way. They said, see, it didn't work in April. It was a disaster. So we have to do it this way. And we're like, you made it that way. Like, that's odd that you would do it this way. But um, so all the local schools to some extent or another got together with their admin. And there's something in our contract that says that the, the schedule, the daily schedule will be set by administrators and teachers um, in the liaison committee. Now, normally, and the schedule is just one manifestation of the, the creeping incompetence that we're dealing with. But um, normally we have a bus schedule throughout the entire city which dictates the, the schedules uh, to right. some extent. So they're all fairly uniform because the buses show up on time. Um, well, no buses means that now we can really answer the needs of our students because nobody's going anywhere. So different schools sought to look at what happened in the spring, what turned kids away, what difficulties the kids 
uh, who were least represented, most marginalized by the by that uh, kerfuffle in the spring. Um, and what could we do to help those families the most? And so we developed a schedule that was really, really solid for our student population. And it differs from uh, the, the kids over at a neighboring school and over at another neighboring school. So then people are like, oh, my God, this has never been done. It's like, no, actually, this is how it's always been done. It just always looked uniform because we had to deal with a bus schedule. So now we're answering the local needs a lot better. Um, but, uh, our schedule, uh, is, is absolutely compliant with SB 98. Um, and the district's, uh, schedule also was compliant, but it added a lot more unnecessary minutes. So that Damien, was, just to, yeah. just to clarify something there, cause, uh, you know, a lot of our, um, <coughs> listeners may be familiar with SB 98, but can, can you just uh, say a little bit about what, what that is? SB 98 is a, a state Senate bill that, uh, essentially, set up what distance learning is going to look like at the, it, it gave us a framework uh, for what distance learning would look like for 2020 and 2021. It set minimum minutes. Um, it, it recognized that things are wildly different than when we're in brick and mortar. And so it set minimum minutes. It set up a procedure um, uh, for collecting attendance, for gauging engagement and, and stuff like that. And so it codified it for this year. And if we end up having another plague year because people really want chicken wings and mozzarella sticks, then mm. I guess we'll have an SB 99 or something uh, to, to do it again for 2020 and 2021. Uh, but it also set minimum minutes. And uh, so we took a look at that and we came up with a, a pretty good schedule based on that. And the district's position was, well, it was different. It was, uh, I believe uh, the kids would call it extra. Mm. So. I've got doing too much, doing too much. Yeah, way too much, literally doing too much. Uh, They, like the district wouldn't guarantee that they wouldn't do split level classes. And it's like, I've taught split level classes. Um, It's hard in person. The kids are losing out. So you do that digitally. It's, you know, it's impossible. You know, the the district wouldn't, uh, for instance, the district minimum required uh, live screen time. So where they have to be on Zoom with the teachers. Uh, the, the, the district said 140 minutes a day for kindergarten. We said 90, uh, the district said 185 for grades one through three. We said 110. They said 190 minutes for grades four through six. We said 120. In fact, we said 120 for everything from grade four through grade 12. And they said, uh, uh, 180 for most of them. And then 190 for grades four through six with no real rationale as to why other than this vague, well, our kids need it more. Right. And we couldn't get them to dig down further on that. And, and I think it's because it was a talking point and they didn't have any substance behind it, but that was just one issue that they had. Another one was that they insisted that we recorded things um, without, you know, with, and, and it's like, no, you, you can't put my face on there uh, without my permission. And they're like, Oh no, we're going to, we're going to make, make sure you do that. And we did all kinds of work to try to figure out how, and they wouldn't come to any kind of reasonable like compromise on that. Uh, and they couldn't give a rationale. And most of the time it was, and again, I was in these bargaining meetings. Most of the time they didn't have a rationale behind it other than, no, we said this. And it, it became a question of accountability versus education. Yeah. Ultimately, definitely. like that was really the button they seemed to be pushing. 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, from my perspective, that's what it sounds like. And I think a lot of other mm -hmm. districts, um, teachers in other districts have experienced something similar. You know, when it comes to recording yeah. of class sessions, for example, I know in my district, it's been made clear to us that the recordings will be for students who can't make the synchronous sessions because of the right. reality of the pandemic, um, which is fine. But when I hear folks talk about it, it really sounds a lot like in a lot of areas, perhaps in Sac City, folks wanting mm -hmm. to make sure the teacher's actually teaching that whole time and holding them accountable through that way. But then there's obviously the privacy issues. How yep. do we record just the teacher and not the students? Because of course, like, you know, I'm so my classes, social science classes, we're talking about, you know, really critical issues. And I don't want like footage of a 15 year old mm -hmm. kid talking about their thoughts on, you know, race and racism in America to like come back to haunt them in five, six years with exactly. you know, when somebody yeah. else happened to grab that thing. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, the privacy issue is a really big, mm -hmm. strong component of, of not for me, not wanting to record in such a way that like students are captured. So we have a feature that yeah. lets it just be the presenter. Um, but still that, that has to be clarified. And it sounds like that wasn't really clarified. Well, not only that, but uh, I, I actually, I had a problem with it on two levels. One, I, I'm also a stand-up comic. And so I keep a firewall between like my, my professional life and my other professional right. life. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I have to, by necessity, keep that public. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't blend the two. Well, the, the problem is, is that if they insist that I have a presence online, then they have a say on my online presence. Yeah. And I don't like that hand creeping up my leg that much. So I, I was very much against that for that reason. And the other reason was because it was, um, just the practicality of it. Like I actually chose to record all my lessons this year and I finished uploading them this morning. Um, and I spent more than a hundred hours this summer doing that. So I know how many man hours that is. So now you're saying, Oh, we have to record it. Well, if we say, you know, no students, they say, fine, you can record it on your own time. That's going to be more than a hundred hours. Oh yeah. You know, and that's, that's for someone who knows what they're doing is figure out the workaround. So, and that was one other issue, you know, and, and for instance, uh, they got a whole bunch of money for COVID, uh, to the tune of, I want to say it's like $56 million. Um, and they refused to agree to pay teachers money out of that supply of money, uh, if they get COVID to keep them afloat. They said, no, no, you got to use your sick time. And it's like, you literally got money specifically for that. Right. And, and if, the, if the reason I got COVID is because you asked me to come in and give out, uh, give out textbooks, like, no, right. <laughs> it's, you know, you, at least, you know, keep the mortgage over my kids' uh, heads if you're going to take their dad from them. You know, it's, it just, it, so it was just thing after thing. And it really did come down to an issue of control uh, versus trust. And uh, if you look at how our district is flailing about now, um, they are, they are absolutely still trying to seize control in the most uh, heavy handed ways. I think the ACLU even sent our district a letter. I, I haven't hunted it down, have not been able to hunt it down. Um, but, uh, that has happened. Our, our district sent, um, they tried to get us to do this engagement log, uh, mm -hmm. which would have added about three hours of work to our work week, uh, for no pay. Uh, and we said, wait, you already have all the tools you need to actually gauge engagement. Um, you have our, our, you know, our grade system online, you have our Google classrooms, you can grab that information. They're like, no, no, we need it on this form. And we're like, no, you don't actually. And here's a letter from state superintendent saying you don't. 
Um, and so then they wrote a letter to the state superintendent saying, uh, you know, what, what we're doing is unlawful. We're like, no, it's here. It is in the contract. It's not unlawful. This is exactly what we need to do. So all of us teachers have at our different sites made schedules per the contract that are appropriate for our students. And the district is, is throwing around the word equity uh, like a sledgehammer, trying to smash all these things down, saying, you know, equity is when everybody goes to school at the same time. And we're like, come on. <laughs> so, Damien, I, so. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, w- I want to get mm-hmm. your, your thoughts on some of this, right? Because, sure. um, you know, definitely my, my sense from afar of what has been happening in Sacramento is like s- some chaotic <laughs> situation uh, that just, you know, needs, needs to be improved. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, I think the the questions around equity coming out of the spring were were pretty profound, right? Yes. And the, and the the just vast unevenness of like access to school, participation in school, mm-hmm. access to like you know you had whole swaths of the community that like never talked to a teacher, right, or never yep. got any ability to like. I don't understand this. What do I do when I don't understand this, right? Because there's right. no synchronous instruction at all. So I think there were some pretty profound questions around, like, how do we serve kids and families well mm-hmm. um, that districts and, uh, you know, are, are grappling with, right? And that the state with the passage of SB 98 is, um, you know, is attempting to say, like, we have to have some version of a school day um, mm-hmm. that is where there's a some common floor across the state, right? So what what are the things that your um, you know that that your school or the schools in your district are are now doing in this in this context where people are kind of developing uh, more independently schedules and systems that that you think are designed to serve kids and, and the community well? I think that the the one of the things SB 98 absolutely gets right is redefining what counts as attendance right now. Um, and, and I would go back to point out that the inequities uh, that we saw, um, those were always there, but it was a thin veneer of, of equity that we, you know, kind of painted over it to ignore it. Um, and it came down to like how many kids have access to technology at home? Almost all of them do because they have a smartphone. But then we ate up their data plans. And by the way, you know, yeah, I have access to email is not the same as I have a computer at home. And yeah, I have access to email or I have access to a phone is not the same as, I mean, we have some neighborhoods uh, here in Sacramento that their broadband is awful because they're using old uh, systems. And that's a municipal thing, I think, on a lot of levels. Um, where they need, they need to set up. So the infrastructure by zip code is automatically inequitable, like it hasn't been before, but you know, it, uh, but now it's being very much shown because it's a tech issue. And it's like, well, you know, well, we emailed you the information. It's like, how are they going to get their email? Like, like just that, that, that piece. So I think that that, that needs to be, uh, kind of called out, but you know, within that, you know, very often, you know, we teachers, you know, it's like, okay, that's the problem. Now, how are we going to do the job anyway? So within that, uh, the way that we addressed equity for our students was we looked at what drove, not drove kids away, but what kept kids from being able to come uh, to the table uh, in the spring. Besides the fact that the districts issued us a a cease and desist order and didn't let us talk to kids for three weeks, Uh, which they did, which is totally cool and absolutely appropriate, I guess. Uh, but so, um, uh, it's, it's nuts. That was all of April. 
like, you know, uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That was late March, early April. And it's just like, are you, are you kidding me? Um, but, uh, but the equity that, that you do is, okay, what, what did our students need in order to be able to access the learning? What will they need? And what we found, at least at our school, was there were a lot of kids who are older siblings and they're getting their younger sibs ready or they're tending to their younger sibs because their parents are essential workers. Um, or because they had to pick up another job uh, because their parents uh, weren't essential and, and were let go and there's no stimulus, you know, and, and stuff like that. So uh, we looked at that and we said, okay, if we had a later start, then our students could take care of their younger siblings and, and perhaps come to class more. And I got to say, I've got much higher attendance rates now. Um, there were other schools in our district who said the opposite. They said, our students need to work in the afternoon. Um, so we need to start earlier so that they can get out earlier. And, and that's working really well for them. And then there's others who split the difference. And, and it's been really neat to see different local schools addressing the needs of their locations and, and their specific neighborhoods uh, and their, their communities that they serve. Um, and, and so that's, that's been really nice. Uh, we'll see in a couple months how, how it's bearing out because I do think that anytime you set up a system and you don't stress test it, which, by the way, our district didn't stress test this at all. Um, then you you'd better have a lot more grace than than you normally should. Like my my student my my children go to school in a different district. I can't afford to live in my district. Um, and we two weeks before school started, they had us all log in at the same time and do a stress test, and they were able to see where the cracks were. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know. So the inequities. I mean, we handled we're handling that partly with. Um, setting it up so that Mondays are kind of an office hour day at our school um, where kids um, absolutely have an assignment. They have a way of checking in every day and they can access us through the day. Like we say, okay, here's a zoom room, either drop in or make an appointment depending on the teacher's preference. Um, but, uh, but Mondays are often days where they meet with counselors. They're days where IEPs get taken care of. They're days where all that other stuff that used to pull a kid out of class is now getting handled. Um, which is, which is a really, that's how we are answering it. And again, time will tell if that's inadequate. And the, the upside to that is that we can adjust it. So even though we don't have an MOU, it's, there's this weird level of graceful flexibility that we're allowed now because we're not hemmed in by any agreement. Uh, it, it sure would be nice to have that stability, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, it, it's nice here cause we can just kind of stake our claim and go, okay. This is what we're doing for our kids. This is the supports that we need. The downside is, is that uh, the district won't, won't offer us any of those supports because they're still insisting on their schedule, like still to this day. And they, they emailed parents like three times saying, ignore the teacher's schedules. This is the schedule, which uh, I'm sitting there scratching my head going, whose hand is on the start button here? Like, you know, I'll, I'll be there when I said I'll be there and, you know, letting the kids know. And so I have to be extra graceful for that, too, because there, there's some parents who are like, well, you know, and, and there was a, a huge spike in the amount of parents who thought that their kids would get penalized for not being there on time. We're like, that's not where we're here for. So the equity, I think, is in a lot of the ways that we're approaching this. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that a lot of us will show a lot more grace uh, toward that and really kind of look at the people who are in front of us and, and tend to them. But I know it's easy to also get lost in the curriculum because that's safe for us. One of the trainings that I wish we'd had was anti-racism training. And that 
completely out the window because there's no time to set it up. And, you know, even if we had it on Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> you know, for an hour, it's like, congratulations, here's our I'm not a racist stamp. It just, mm. you know. I, yeah. yeah you, you haven't got your badge yet? Uh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I got, it takes I at got, least two afternoons. Can't just exactly. do it in one. Yeah, I got, I got six Wokens, um, and I can Ooh. turn those in. Uh, uh-huh. half a batch. Cash those uh-huh. in. Exchange nice. those. Yeah. <laughs> Very valuable these days. Yeah, apparently. It's good currency. So one thing that I think this story highlights, and you know, the reason I'm super appreciative of you coming and, and, and telling us this story is that it just seems like depending on what teachers you ask and what districts or what counties or what states, mm-hmm. the experience going back to school this year, the variation is wild. Yeah. And one thing that they all have in common is the frustration because it feels at least I have yet to meet the teacher who knew in June what their fall schedule would be in terms of not just what classes they're teaching, but the actual bell schedule, mm-hmm. um, you know, with in person or hybrid or whatever. So we, we spent the whole summer sort of in this weird place where we couldn't fully prepare because we didn't quite know what classes and, you know, the day to day, week by week operation would look like. Sure. But we knew we needed to prepare more than ever because obviously everything is so new. Like I feel like a first year teacher all over again trying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, adapt what I do for online only sort of format. And so the frustration, I think, is felt by teachers across the board. But then there are particular cases like what y'all are dealing with that I just couldn't fathom. Like we finally got our schedule I think eight days before school started. Yeah, that's last minute, but we had a schedule and it's still the schedule that we have. It's locked in. There's not mm-hmm. a sense that I have in my district that teachers and the district are like at war, at odds, or that the district doesn't trust us, you know, so to speak. Right. So I couldn't imagine having like, here. here's four or five days of what we've got planned so far and then the rest to be determined and then meeting kids right. and then not knowing what the next week's get. Like, I can't. I can't fathom that. And that's, you know, on the one hand, I'm happy that each school site has been able to collaborate with administration and, and, and teacher leaders to develop something that works for that school site. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's just so sad that it would even come to that, that especially once the year's already started, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's just wild. I mean, it's, I guess, like I said, at the top of this episode, I'm appreciative of my district as much of I, as much as I've criticized them for lack of anti-racist training and, and, a whole bunch of things and really not really implementing anything markedly different from the spring. At right. least we have stability and at least we have some sense of like, we're in this together, which it sounds like that's, that's lacking in, in a lot of other districts, not just Sac city, but in a very big way in Sac city for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of bar jumping where people have just, I mean, look how low that bar is for you guys now where you're like, yeah. well, at least we're not, you know, so I don't know. It, maybe it's because I started my career working for Kevin Johnson. Maybe it's because uh, I've spent a lot of time looking behind the veil and, and seeing just how little professional respect teachers are given. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I, we shared principles uh, while you were uh, up here in SAC. Uh, and then yep. the worst of them ended up being in charge. Uh, and so that is, that's a whole <laughs> don't take me back there, man. I remember I'm that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, but we had, you know, I, am so used to being, I, I guess I'm so used to that level of instability, neglect and abuse that this is kind of old hat to me. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, like I've, I don't know, like, you know, th- there's, there's the idea that resilience comes from trauma and you're like, wow, that guy's really resilient. But the, the other side of that coin is 
oh my God, he's been through a lot, you know? And, and so I think it's wonderful that we teachers have really come together and shown this tremendous solidarity for our kids and, and really shown this care for our kids. I think it's terrible that we've had to. Yeah. Like, you know, the system has completely broken down and failed um, our kids and us and our communities. Uh, and the, the successes that you're seeing are, are a testament to how resilient all of us are. And it's awful that we have to show that. Man, you said it right there. I think that's a wonderful note to end on right there for sure. Um, well, Damien, thank you so much yeah. for coming through for passing period. And we definitely hope that the rest of the semester and rest of the school year that, you know, you and the other good folks up in Sacramento, um, all of our Sacktown peeps. I think we have a, a few listeners from Sacramento who tune into this show. Um, we mm -hmm. really hope that y'all and your students experience um, the best possible semester um, under all these circumstances, plus with the, the fires up there and, and all that. Oof. So yeah. definitely keep doing the good work, hang in there, and uh, thank you for coming through. We very much appreciate it. And um, for the rest of y'all listening, um, do know we will be back at you in one week with a very special episode looking at the the wide variety of headlines in education right now because there's so much going on that we realize there's there's some really big stories that that few people have been talking about so uh tune in one week from today go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel if you haven't already youtube.com slash all of the above and we will see you in one week all right get to class <laughs>